0: Hey, Mark here, and I'm calling in before today's episode with a little favor to ask if I may, please. You see, today I'm changing the format of the podcast accelerator. I'm trialing a longer form deep dive episode, real specific actionable takeaways, and introducing my recommended podcast tool of the week. Now, the format is ever so slightly different. It is a little bit longer, and during So let me know what you think of this new format, please. That's the favour that I'm asking. You can do that on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And you can get the written version of this over on my Twitter profile as well. Once again, that's at Mr. Asquith. And enjoy this episode of the Podcast Accelerator. The panacea for the busy podcaster is a robust set of processors, but... Are your processes devolving your podcast into a lifeless cookie-cutter template? Are they ruining and undermining your creativity? And if so, how can you achieve the perfect balance? That's what we're going to talk about today here on the podcast Accelerator. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, MD and co-founder of Captivate.fm, the world's only growth-focused podcast hosting platform where we deliver features such as our integrated guest booking and interview management platform, our show notes builder that will build your show notes automatically for you, and a litany of other features that are intended to help you to grow your audience and where we include them all for free. So if you're a serious podcaster, if you are ready to hit that next level of audience growth, go and check out Captivate for free for seven days. At Captivate.fm. Now, today, like I said, we are going to talk about whether or not your podcast processes are killing your show. I'm going to dive deep on the problem that I see with podcasting processes. I'm going to give you the three actionable tips that you can implement right away. And I'm going to give you, of course, my recommended podcasting tool of the week. But before I do that, I need to give a quick shout out to the sponsors of the Podcast Accelerator, which are Aweber, the wonderful email marketing platform that I've had a partnership with now for nearly 10 years. I've been using it daily to build my audience and to engage with real meaningful relationships with people. And I think you just need to be doing the same. It's completely free. You don't need a credit card. So you can get started with Aweber now to build your audience at mark.live/slash email. Now, look, I've been building businesses since 2005. I'm getting really old and I've been producing content in some form or another since then as well. And when you first begin a new endeavor, it's really exhilarating to fly by the seat of your pants. And, and I feel that doing that for, for an extended length of time is, is actually is actually good. I think it actually hardens you to the rigors of that new endeavor while, you know, also really giving you that flexibility to find your feet with it. And podcasting is a really good example of this. When you start, it's, it's great to just feel your way through it and to discover what works for you. And, you know, having a level of flexibility gives you the opportunity to pull and push your content around, to find a marketing flow that works. And, you know, really just to get into the flow of things, you know, find something that works for you and really gives you the ability to make sure that you enjoy podcasting before you decide whether to commit to growth or not. And, and you know, I want to say this up front, it's fine to not commit to growing your audience. Podcasting as a hobby is totally fine. And frankly, you can do what you like as long as it's you and your audience that are enjoying the content and and, and you you just enjoy creating it. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you do commit to growing your podcast and measuring that growth, then you will need to begin to implement processes to help So what are processes and and, and why are they important? Well, look, processes are standard ways of doing repeatable things and they help people to scale quality control and outsource and, and, and refine their output. And my general rule is this. If something is repeatable and barely changes with each repetition, then this is a process that can be documented for and completed by anyone, not just me. A process gives you the confidence that everything that should be done during a task will be done. And when you bring together a range of processes, you actually begin to form your own standard operating procedures or SOPs. Now, with enough time, with enough budget and with enough process, you can outsource a lot of the work you do. Or if you don't outsource because, you know, maybe budgets are a problem, you can personally become more efficient at tasks by... Really just identifying time-saving opportunities such as, you know, building templates for things. It's it's why Captivate has the show notes builder. It's for that very reason. Now, I, I realize that processing, you know, building processes sounds complex, but it really isn't. Building a process is just about documenting the steps required to arrive at an outcome. It's just a recipe. At Captivate, we have lots of processes and all of them are documented using a Notion account. You can also use like other specialized tools like Process Street or Monday for these things, but we find that Notion gives us a lot of flexibility. So when a new Captivate team member joins us, we can define which processes from our standard operating procedures that that team member will be carrying out. And because they're well documented with videos and GIFs and screenshots, plus step-by-step recipes, if you like, the team member can not only carry them out confidently straight away, but also build their own confidence levels by achieving something almost instantly. They see the fruits of their labor. Similarly, your podcast can benefit from a simple yet really useful set of processes that you can begin to build right now. Things like your publishing process, you know, maybe getting your final audio through to distribution via Captivate from your audio editor, you can build processes around that. Your basic social media promotion process for each episode, you can build processes around that. Your image creation process, what is the process that you go through? You know, maybe you fire up Canva, maybe you always take the show title and put a certain typeface in there and a certain font size and a certain color palette. All of that can be set up as processes that anyone can do. They are simple repeatable tasks that every podcaster will need to undertake. You know, we all do it, you know, when we publish an episode and and, and they don't need too much deviation from the recipe. All those things that I just mentioned, they're sort of just a standard set of things. You can run through them quickly by just documenting them as checklists and you can become more efficient at executing them or pass on those process flow checklists to a VA, to a virtual assistant who can carry them out for you in a really rote manner, you know, which will then free you up to focus on creativity, marketing, and growth. Because processes save you time and they ensure that your quality standards are adhered to every single time. But processes aren't always the heroes of our podcasting workflow. Because when processes kill your creativity, they become the enemy of you the creator because let's think this through a little bit further okay podcasting isn't where it used to be as an industry there are more podcasts now than there have ever been and that level of creation within the industry means that to make a splash you've got to be actually creative processes can sometimes hinder that creativity but hide their harmfulness under the guise of efficiency I spend a lot of time talking to podcasters about why their podcast isn't growing. And without fail, they always want to discuss easy marketing that will grow my audience. That's what they always tell me. Instead of the fact that their baby might be a little uglier than they think, you know, sorry, not sorry. A few years ago, the podcasting industry was much smaller. So you could create something, anything, anything at all in your niche and stand a fair chance at gaining an audience. Today, you've got much more competition and simply cannot do that anymore. The podcasters that I speak to about audience growth are usually pretty process-led so the people that get in touch with me and say, Mark, I'm struggling. They'll tell me that they've got their VA doing this, they've got them doing that, they've got them doing the other. When they publish their episodes from, you know, their VA is doing things like repurposing or reaching out to guests or making sure they're quote-unquote everywhere. They're making their images for them and that's cool, I get it, it helps. It helps. But many of those same podcasters who ha- ask me why their show is not growing, go on to tell me proudly how they've automated their entire content creation, or if not all of it, they've automated their content creation to a large degree. And they wax lyrical about how they're so busy doing what they do on a daily basis that they want their podcast on quote unquote autopilot. Ugh, I hate it. And so my question in response to those, you know, to those autopilots, I guess, is always, do you believe that you're producing the very best content that you can? And do you know what they say? They always give a reluctant no. Mark, I am not producing the very best content that I can. And the reason is that they've been told by a guru or someone out there who they've bought a crappy course off, to automate as much of the process of their podcast as they can just to get something out there. Inadvertently, they've been taught to stifle their talent in the name of efficiency. No, thank you. Not on my watch. In fact, let me give you a bit of a TV show analogy to, uh, I suppose, to to just illustrate this a little further. Because, look, I used to love watching long-term TV shows, like back in my in my youth... <laughs> I was a old DC Comics fan. You know, I used to watch Smallville. It was like 10, 11 seasons. Plus, I'd watch Supernatural, 15 seasons. House with Hugh Laurie. It was wonderful. Lost. And back in 2001, I remember switching on BBC2 here in the UK one Sunday evening because I'd spotted that a favorite actor of mine, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Kiefer Sutherland even. Can't say his name. Sorry, Kiefer. Kiefer Sutherland, you know, from the Young Guns days. I used to bloody love Young Guns. He was starring in this new real-time TV drama called 24. And I was I switched it on on a Sunday night and I was blown away. The show had everything. Action, drama, technology, and more. It genuinely innovated by bringing real-time storytelling to TV for the very first time. The five seasons that I first watched, the first five seasons were fantastic. And for my, you know, for my money... There was a a particular high point at season three. But after so long, the innovation stopped. The show found itself almost accidentally on autopilot. And and because it was on autopilot, it was able to, you know, sadly, it was able to ride the wave of its own brand equity for a couple of seasons. You know, people still tuned in because it was good up to then. But eventually, the steam ran out. And the show sadly left it too long to innovate again. It was cancelled. And although it tried, you know, it did try to make a comeback to very distinctly different formats much later, the lack of early innovation, the lack of catching that, that autopilot early killed it. It killed it. And the truth is I made that mistake myself with my very first podcast. And I'm going to tell you about that in one second, but there's a little break. Let me spend a minute telling you about my recommended podcasting tool of the week. When it comes to your podcasting processes, it's really important to find the tech stack that works for you. Whether that includes a classic digital audio workstation like Audition or Hindenburg or something more specifically tailored to the busy podcaster, like my recommendation today, the script is really down to your own technical preferences and your available budgets. Descript is an audio and video editor that I highly recommend that works by transcribing your audio and giving you an editor that works just like a word processor. Edit your words and the audio will be edited to match. It is crazy, crazy, crazy good. But Descript does so much more than that. Build beautiful on-brand audiograms, One-click publish your episodes and transcriptions to your podcast hosting with Captivate's direct integration and manage multiple podcast speakers all from within Descript's simple interface. I highly, highly recommend Descript if you're looking for a quicker way to edit your podcast. Plus, the Descript team is a team that I've come to know and work with much more over the years and that I know that does business like I do. With the success of you, the busy podcaster at the heart of their mission. You can use Descript for free at captivate.fm forward slash descript. Like I said, the truth is, I'd made the same mistake as 24 had made that so many other creators make. I'd made the same mistake that I'm talking to you about today. In 2014, I launched Excellence Expected. It was my first ever personal brand, which later became MarkAsquith.com. And with that brand, I launched my first ever interview podcast. You can get it at MarkAsquith.com slash podcasts. It's called Excellence Expected and it's an interview series. And I bought a Zoom H4N mobile recorder and a few EV ND767A microphones, which are, they're similar to the SM58, but they've got a little bit more gain. And I literally went out to see guests in person to interview them. I went I went to their business, Premises, And and they would come to our old design agency and we'd book the meeting room and we'd do an interview there. I loved it. It was face-to-face, in-person stuff. It was brilliant. The face-to-face interaction was amazing. And although I had a research structure and a specific format of the show that included the three actionable takeaways that I actually brought back here in the podcast accelerator, the show itself was pretty fluid. And we drew out some really great content that listeners really appreciated because of that fluidity. But as the show grew, I started to think about processes to make the show easier to run. And to give my, I suppose myself, more time to focus on marketing the podcast, I was trying to become more efficient. So I used an online guest booking platform, a paid for one, not like not like the actual Captivate one that is free for you, you know, Captivate's free guest booking and interview management platform was born from media to buy one all those years ago. It's now free within Captivate. And I was really proud of the big form that I created that, that guests had to fill in before they came on the podcast. And they gave me everything that I needed. And I honestly didn't have to do too much research in order to prep for the interview. I'd just quickly review the info that they submitted and dive straight into that interview. I was an efficiency powerhouse. The guest even gave me the three actionable takeaways that they were going to deliver on my show ahead of time. So I could just ask my VA to create some images for them to share online. Oh my God, I, I was like an autopilot master. I was I was going to autopilot the heck out of my show. Growth surely was going to blow up. It was going to be off the charts. My audience growth was going to be off the charts. Except it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't. The growth continued, but it wasn't at a noticeably different pace. And although I felt super efficient and really great about this whole autopilot thing, I noticed that the quality of my show dropped significantly because I was simply producing episodes for the sake of producing them so that I could pat myself on the back and say, well done, Marco, you got another episode out. Well done. But what's worse, my podcast began to feel like a job that I didn't want to turn up to. I'd taken away... In the name of efficiency, in the name of autopilot, I'd taken away all of the fun. I noticed it, my listeners noticed it, and this sort of shroud of efficiency meant that I'd focused on doing something, on doing anything, just so that I could say that I'd released something on time instead of actually focusing on producing great content every single time. I'd picked the wrong thing to put on autopilot, and I disengaged my guest because they weren't feeling the personal relationship that I believe to be at the heart of any great interview show. In short, I'd killed my podcast by trying to build processes around everything. Processes can really kill creativity when they're applied in the wrong places. In, in, in podcasting terms, you know, automating guest research, automating any type of content creation, is likely to force that content to devolve into a cookie-cutter-style delivery that people associate with podcasts that are just set up to fill a f- you know sell affiliate marketing or that are created by business people just trying to do podcasting because they've been told they should. You're not going to grow a podcast sustainably that way. And you simply won't build your brand either. You'll ride an early wave, get a bit of traction early on, but the steam will simply run out just like it does for anything that phones in the content in the name of efficiency. Should you build processes? Yes. Should you avoid building processes for parts of your podcast that thrive on the human touch and our innate creativity as podcasters? Resoundingly, yes. Here are three things that you can action right now based on the deep dive that we've just gone through. Here's how you can stop processes from killing that creativity. Number one, booking a show review twice a year. You shouldn't really change things in my view for the sake of it, but if you're building processes to become more efficient, there's an indicator there that you may be finding your show to be more like a job. So book in a review of your podcast, dedicate, you know, an hour or two to it where it's booked into your diary twice a year to make sure you're still enjoying it and that you can identify the bits that you're enjoying less. Then decide if you can build out processes for those things to make the load lighter. Often these parts of the process are the mundane parts that can be put on on autopilot to a large degree. Number two, building a hard line decision on what you'll never automate Because each show has got something unique about it. And if you automate that thing or even the things around it, you risk losing your edge and devolving your show into that cookie cutter template that I mentioned earlier. So spend some time clearly defining the genuinely unique elements of your podcast and put a hard fence around them so that they're protected from being put on autopilot. Number three, go hard on the processes that you can build and lean on them. Because I I am pro process, I really am. I lean on processes in every aspect of my business. And I make sure, though, to follow the rules that I've just talked to you about. I make sure that I'm building SOPs for the right things. You should do the same. Build highly detailed processes using something like Notion or Process Street, but make sure that you keep following them yourself so that you can identify that they're right. And also, if you do that, you're going to become quicker at executing these processes. And in turn, you'll begin to realize which of them actually help you and which you might be able to drop and potentially which you might even be able to outsource as well. Let me know if you need a hand at Miss on Twitter or you can follow the link mark.live slash Twitter. And until next time, keep on captivating.